Attention listeners, don't forget to send me your questions for my one-year anniversary Q&A episode in June. Send your questions to truecrimetruckerpodcast at gmail.com or send them to me on Instagram at michael.prit81 or send them to me on Facebook at the True Crime Truckers Podcast Facebook group. If you send me a question, which can be about true crime or anything that you'd like to ask me, and you can send multiple questions, also send me your shipping address, and I will send you some free True Crime Trucker Podcast stickers. This podcast deals with true crime. I will be speaking openly and frankly about subjects such as murder, rape, and sexual assault. Listener discretion is advised. Jefferson County 911. Yes, I am a teacher at Columbine High School. There is a student here with a gun. He has shot out a window. I believe one student has shot. Um, um, I've been at Columbine High School. I don't know what's in my shoulder. If it was just the last thing you threw it. Okay, has anybody been injured, ma'am? Yes. Okay. Yes. And the school is in a panic, and I'm in the library. I've got students down under the table, kids. Um, kids are screaming, some of the teachers um, are, you know, trying to take the holding. We need police here. We need okay, police. we're getting them there. Who is the student, ma'am? I do not know who the student is. Okay. I saw a student outside. I was in hold and a gun. Okay, I was on hold and I saw a gun. I said, what's going on out there? And it's because I was probably for video production. It's probably a joke. I said, well, I don't think that's a good idea. And I went walking outside. I think he was damn. See what was going on. Okay. He turned the gun straight at us and shot. And my God, the window went out. And the kid standing there with me, I think he got hit. Okay. Something in my shoulder. Okay. We've got help on the way, ma'am. Okay. Okay. Oh, God. Stay in the line with me. Oh, God. Do, to stay down. do we know where he's at? I'm sorry? Do we know where he's at? He, okay. I'm in the library. He's upstairs. He's right outside of here. He's outside? He's outside of this hall. Outside of a hall or outside? In the hall. Okay. okay. There are alarms. We think going off there. Smoke. My God, smoke is like coming into this room. Okay. okay. I've got the kids under the table here. I don't know what's happening in the rest okay. of the building. Most of like smoke in the building. I don't know. I'm sure someone has to be calling 911. Yes. We've got a lot of people on. As Harris pulled into the parking lot, he encountered classmate Brooks Brown, 
with whom he had recently patched up a long-standing series of disputes. According to Brown, who was smoking a cigarette, he was surprised to see Harris, whom he had earlier noted had been absent from a class test. Harris seemed unconcerned, commenting, quote, it doesn't matter anymore, unquote. Harris went on, quote, Brooks, I like you now. Get out of here. Go home, unquote. Brown, feeling uneasy and already prepared to skip his next class, walked away. Several minutes later, students departing Columbine for their lunch break observed Brown heading down South Pierce Street, away from the school. Meanwhile, Harris and Klebold armed themselves. Using straps and webbing to conceal weapons beneath black trench coats, they lugged backpacks and duffel bags that were filled with pipe bombs and ammunition. Harris also had his shotgun in one of these bags. Beneath the trench coats, Harris wore a homemade bandolier and a white t-shirt that read Natural Selection in black letters. Klebold wore a black t-shirt that read Wrath in red letters. Rachel Scott and her friend Richard Castaldo were having lunch and sitting on the grass next to the west entrance of the school. Klebold threw a pipe bomb towards the parking lot. The bomb only partially detonated. Thinking that the pipe bomb was no more than a crude senior prank, Castaldo didn't take it seriously. Several students who were inside the school during the incident first thought that they were watching a prank. A witness reported hearing, go, go, before Klebold and Harris pulled their guns from beneath their trench coats and began shooting at Castaldo and Scott. Scott was killed instantly when she was hit four times with rounds fired from Harris's carbine. One shot was fired into her left temple. Castaldo was shot eight times in the chest, arm, and abdomen. He fell unconscious to the ground and was left paralyzed below the chest. Harris aimed his carbine down the west staircase in the direction of three students, Daniel Rohrbar, Sean Graves, and Lance Kirkland. The students were about to walk up the staircase directly below the shooters. All three were shot and Rohrbar was killed. Dave Sanders, a teacher and a coach at the school, was in the cafeteria when he heard the gunfire and began warning students. The shooters turned and began firing west in the direction of five students sitting on the grassy hillside adjacent to the steps and opposite the west entrance of the school. Michael Johnson was hit in the face, leg, and arm, but ran and escaped. Mark Taylor was shot in the chest, arm, and leg and fell to the ground where he faked death. The other three escaped uninjured. Klebold walked down the steps towards the cafeteria. He came up to Lance Kirkland, who was already wounded and lying on the ground, weakly calling for help. Klebold said, quote, Sure, I'll help you, unquote, then shot Kirkland in the face with his shotgun, critically wounding him. Graves, paralyzed beneath the waist, had crawled into the doorway of the cafeteria's west entrance and collapsed. He rubbed blood on his face and played dead. After shooting Kirkland, Klebold walked towards the cafeteria door. He then stepped over the injured Graves and entered the cafeteria. Graves remembers Klebold saying, quote, Sorry, dude, unquote. Klebold only slightly entered the cafeteria and did not shoot at several people still inside. Officials speculated that Klebold went to check the propane bombs. 
Harris was still on top of the stairs shooting and severely wounded and partially paralyzed 17-year-old Anne Marie Hotchfowler as she tried to flee. Klebold came out of the cafeteria and went back up the stairs to join Harris. They shot at students standing close to a soccer field but did not hit anyone. They walked towards the west entrance, throwing pipe bombs in several directions, including onto the roof, very few of which detonated. Witnesses heard one of them say, quote, This is what we've always wanted to do. This is awesome. Unquote. Meanwhile, art teacher Patty Nielsen was inside the school. She had noticed the commotion and walked towards the west entrance with student Brian Anderson. Nielsen had intended to walk outside to tell the two students to, quote, knock it off, thinking they were either filming a video or pulling a student prank. As Anderson opened the first set of double doors, the gunman shot out the windows, injuring him with flying glass. Nielsen was hit in the shoulder with shrapnel. Anderson and Nielsen ran back down the hall into the library, and Nielsen alerted the students inside to the danger, telling them to get under the desks and keep silent. She dialed 911 and hid under the library's administrative counter. Anderson fell to the floor bleeding from his injuries, and he hid inside the magazine room adjacent to the library. People on. Okay. I just want you to stay in the line with me. We need to know what's going on. Okay. Okay. I am on the floor. Okay. And you've okay. got the kids in the there. Library. And I've got every student in this library on the floor. You better stay on the floor. Is there any way you can lock the doors? Um, smoke is coming in from out there, and I'm a little bit. Okay. The gun is right outside the library door. Okay. I don't think I'm going to go out there. Okay. okay. You're okay. following my high school. I got, I got three children. Okay. We got it. Okay. I'm not going to go to the door to shut the door, okay? I've got the kids on the floor. Um, i got all the kids in the library on the floor. We have paramedics, we have fire, and we have police on route, okay, sir? Okay. Okay. Yes. Is that, I mean, right. he's, I, I don't know. Is it, I can't believe he's not out of bullets. He just keeps shooting and shooting and shooting. Okay. Yeah, we've got a police officer on scene. Yeah, I thought it was. Okay, just try and keep the kids in the library calm. Yeah. Is there any way you can block the door so no one can get in? I do, I do not. Okay. I, yeah, I guess I can try to go, but I mean, he's right outside that door. I'm afraid to go to the door. That's okay. That's where he is. I'm afraid okay. to go there. Okay? That's okay. Harris had removed his trench coat. At 11.22 a.m., the custodian called Deputy Neil Gardner, the assigned resource officer to Columbine, on the school radio, requesting assistance in the senior parking lot. The only paved route took him around the school to the east and south on Pierce Street, where, at 11.23 a.m., he heard on his police radio that a female was down and assumed she had been struck by a car. While exiting his patrol car in the senior lot at 11.24 a.m., he heard another call on the school radio. Neil, there's a shooter in the school. Harris, at the west entrance, immediately turned and fired 10 shots from his carbine at Gardner, who was 60 yards away. As Harris reloaded his carbine, Gardner leaned over the top of his car and fired four rounds at Harris from his service pistol. Harris ducked back behind the building, and Gardner momentarily believed that he had hit him. Harris then re-emerged and fired at least four more rounds at Gardner, which missed and struck two parked cars, before retreating into the building. No one was hit during the exchange of gunfire. Gardner reported on his police radio, quote, shots in the building, I need someone in the south lot with me, unquote. By this point, 
Harris had shot 47 times and Klebold just 5. The shooters then entered the school through the west entrance, moving along the main north hallway, throwing pipe bombs and shooting at anyone they encountered. Klebold shot Stephanie Munson in the ankle. She was able to walk out of the school. The pair then shot out the windows of the east entrance of the school. After proceeding through the hall several times and shooting towards and missing any students they saw, they went towards the west entrance and turned into the library hallway. Deputy Paul Smoker, a motorcycle patrolman from the Jeffco Sheriff's Office, was writing a traffic ticket north of the school when he heard the female down call come in at 11.23 a.m. Taking the shortest route, he drove his motorcycle over the grass between the athletic fields and headed down towards the west entrance. When he saw Deputy Scott Trabarski following him in a patrol car, he abandoned his motorcycle for the safety of the car. The two deputies had begun to rescue two wounded students near the ball fields when another gunfight broke out at 11.26 a.m. As Harris returned to the double doors and again began shooting at Deputy Gardner, who returned fire. From the hilltop, Deputy Smoker fired three rounds from his pistol at Harris, who again retreated into the building. As before, no one was hit. Inside the school cafeteria, teacher Dave Sanders and two custodians, John Curtis and Jay Gallantine, initially told students to get under the tables, then successfully evacuated students up the staircase leading to the second floor of the school. The stairs were located around the corner from the library hallway in the main south hallway. Sanders then tried to secure as much of the school as he could. By now, Harris and Klebold were inside the main hallway. Sanders and another student were down at the end of the hallway, where he gestured for the students in the library to stay. They encountered Harris and Klebold, who were approaching from the corner of the north hallway. Sanders and the student turned and ran in the opposite direction. Harris and Klebold shot at them both, with Harris hitting Sanders twice in the back and neck, but missing the student. The latter ran into the science classroom and warned everyone to hide. Klebold walked over towards Sanders, who had collapsed and tossed a pipe bomb down the hall, then returned to Harris up the north hallway. Sanders struggled towards the science area, and a teacher took him into the classroom, where 30 students were located. Due to his knowledge of first aid, student Aaron Hansey was brought to the classroom from another by a teacher, despite the unfolding commotion. With the assistance of a fellow student, named Kevin Starkey, and a teacher, Teresa Miller, Hansi administered first aid to Sanders for three hours, attempting to stem the blood loss using shirts from students in the room, and showing him pictures from his wallet to keep him talking. Using a phone in the room, Miller and several students maintained contact with the police outside the school. As the shooting unfolded, Patty Nielsen talked on the phone with emergency services telling her story and urging students in the library to take cover beneath the desks. According to transcripts, her call was received by 911 operators at 11.25 a.m. 52 students and two teachers and two librarians were in the library. Okay, all the kids get on the floor. I had one under the table. All of the children are on the floor under the table. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, they're all under the table. Okay. And I as long as we can just try and keep... No one's saying a word. Okay, as long as we can keep everyone there as calm as we can. 
I hear some yelling out there going on right yeah, now. Yeah, we've got alarms going off now as well. Yeah, there's alarms. This room is filled with smoke. Okay. Okay. Keep everyone low to the floor. Uh -huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Everyone's up. Okay. Everyone stay on the floor. Stay on the floor. Stay on to the table. Okay. I... I don't know. I... Okay. I know. Just... I don't know. I didn't... I said, what, what is that kick up? He was outside at the time. And, 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 um, I was all called it. I'm going to tell God. And he's he's trying he's like woo 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 mm -hmm. I know the things that are being shot up. I do not know who the student was. I don't even think I saw him but he's wearing black. He didn't look very large. Um male student. Um he was out there shooting it looked like he was climbing out and shooting and somebody I said, What is that? Mm -hmm. I said, What's going on? I said, This guy cap got a total week of video production. You know they do these videos. Right. And the kids the thing say, Well that's not, you know, a play gun, a real gun. I was going out there to say no. Two bombs were thrown into the cafeteria, both of which exploded. Another bomb was thrown into the library hallway. It exploded and damaged several lockers. At 11.29 a.m., the gunman entered the library Harris yelled, quote, get up, unquote, so loudly that he can be heard on the 911 recording at 11.29. Klebold then shouted, quote, everyone get up now, unquote. Harris fired a shotgun twice at a desk. Student Evan Todd had been standing near a pillar when the shooters entered the library and had just taken cover behind a copier. Todd was hit by wood splinters in the eye and lower back, but was not seriously injured. He then hid behind the administrative counter. The shooters walked into the library towards the two rows of computers. Klebold said, quote, I've been waiting for this for a long time, unquote. Disabled student Kyle Velasquez was sitting at the north row. Police later said that he had not hidden underneath the desk when the shooters had first entered the library, but had curled up under the computer table. Klebold fired his shotgun twice at Velasquez, fatally hitting him in the head and the back. The shooters put down their ammunition-filled duffel bags at the south or lower row of computers and reloaded their weapons. They walked between the computer rows towards the windows facing the outside staircase. Klebold shouted, quote, Everyone get up. We're going to blow this library up, unquote. One of the gunmen stated, quote, This is our revenge, and this is for all of you who put us through this last year. Unquote. Klebold shouted, quote, All jocks stand up. Unquote. When nobody stood up, Harris said to, quote, Get the guys in the white hats. Unquote. One of them said, quote, Anybody with a white hat or a sports emblem on it is dead. Unquote. 
Wearing a white baseball cap at Columbine was tradition among sports team members. Several students tried to hide their white hats. Noticing that the police were evacuating students outside the school, Klebold said, quote, pigs are here, unquote, and Harris said, quote, let's go kill some cops, unquote. They shot out the windows in the direction of the police. Officers returned fire, and the gunmen retreated from the windows. No one was injured. Klebold then removed his trench coat. He shouted, quote, everyone with a white cap stand up, unquote. When no one stood up in response, he said, quote, fine, I'll just start shooting, unquote, and fired his shotgun at a nearby table, injuring three students, Patrick Ireland, Daniel Steepleton, and Mackay Hall. Harris walked towards the lower row of computer desks with his shotgun, firing a single shot under the first desk from a short distance away. While down on one knee, he hit 14-year-old Stephen Kerno with a mortal wound to his neck. He then walked closer, got on one knee, and shot under the adjacent computer desk, injuring 17-year-old Casey Rue Seger with a shot which passed completely through her right shoulder and hand, also grazing her neck and severing a major artery. When she started gasping in pain, Harris tersely stated, quote, quit your bitching, unquote. Harris walked over to the table across from the lower computer row, slapped the surface twice, and knelt, saying, quote, peekaboo, to 17-year-old Cassie Bernal, before shooting her once in the head, killing her. Harris had been holding the shotgun with one hand at this point, and the weapon hit his face in recoil, breaking his nose. He told Klebold that he had shot his nose, and Klebold responded, quote, Why'd you do that? Unquote. After fatally shooting Bernal, Harris turned towards the next table, where Bree Pascal sat next to the table rather than under it. Harris's nose was bleeding heavily. Witnesses later reported that he seemed disoriented and had blood around his mouth. Harris asked Pascal if she wanted to die, and she responded with a plea for her life. Harris laughed and responded, quote, everyone's going to die, unquote. When Klebold said shoot her, Harris responded, quote, no, we're going to blow up the school anyway, unquote. Klebold noticed Ireland trying to provide aid to Hall, who had suffered a wound to his knee. As Ireland tried to help Hall, his head rose above the table. Klebold shot him a second time, hitting him twice in the head and once in the foot. Ireland was knocked unconscious but survived. Klebold walked towards another table where he discovered 18-year-old Isaiah Scholes, 16-year-old Matthew Ketcher, and 16-year-old Craig Scott, Rachel Scott's younger brother, hiding underneath. Klebold called to Harris, quote, there's a nigger over here, unquote, and tried to pull Scholes out from under the table. Harris left Pascal and joined him. According to witnesses, they taunted Scholes for a few seconds, making derogatory and racial comments. The gunmen both fired under the table. Harris shot Scholes once in the chest, killing him, and Klebold shot and killed Ketcher. Though Scholes was not shot in the head, Klebold said, quote, I didn't know black brains could fly that far, unquote. Meanwhile, Scott was uninjured, lying in blood of his friends, feigning death. Harris then yelled, quote, who's ready to die next, unquote. He turned and threw a cricket at the table, 
where Hall, Steepleton, and Ireland were located. It landed on Steepleton's thigh. Hall quickly tossed it behind them, and it exploded in midair. Harris walked towards the bookcase between the west and center sections of the tables of the library. He jumped on one and shook it, apparently attempting to topple it, then shot at the books which had fallen. Klebold walked to the east area of the library. Harris walked from the bookcase past the central area to meet Klebold. They later shot at a display case next to the door, then turned and shot towards the closest table, hitting and injuring 17-year-old Mark Kitchen in the head and shoulder. He then turned towards the table to his left and fired, injuring 18-year-old Lisa Kruitz, Laura Townsend, and Valine Schnoor. With the same shotgun blast, Klebold then moved towards the same table and fired several shots with his Tech-9, killing Lauren Townsend. At this point, the seriously injured Valine Schnur began screaming, quote, Oh my God, oh my God, unquote. In response, Klebold asked Schnur if she believed in the existence of God. When Schnur replied that she did, Klebold asked, quote, Why? And commented, quote, God is gay before walking from the table. What's your name, ma'am? Patty? Okay. I have him in the library shooting at students to the lady that I have in the library on the phone. Okay, try and keep as many people down as we can. Okay. Do you know who he is? Okay. Harris approached another table where two girls were hiding. He bent down to look at them and dismissed them as, quote, pathetic. Harris then moved to another table where he fired twice, injuring 16-year-old Nicole Nolan and John Tomlin. Tomlin moved out from under the table. Klebold then shot him repeatedly, killing him. Harris then walked back over to the other side of the table where Townsend lay dead. Behind the table, a 16-year-old girl named Kelly Fleming had, like Bree Pascal, sat next to the table rather than beneath it due to a lack of space. Harris shot Fleming with his shotgun, hitting her in the back and killing her. He shot at the table behind Fleming, hitting Townsend, who was already dead, and Kruitz again, and wounding 18-year-old Jenna Park. The shooters moved to the center of the library where they reloaded their weapons at a table. Harris then pointed his carbine under a table, but the student he was aiming at moved out of the way. Harris turned his gun back on the student and told him to identify himself. It was John Savage, an acquaintance of Klebold's. He asked Klebold what they were doing, to which he shrugged and answered, quote, killing people. Savage asked if he was going to kill him. Possibly because of a fire alarm, Klebold said, quote, what? Savage asked again whether or not they were going to kill him. Klebold said no and told him to run. Savage fled, escaping through the library's main entrance, 
After Savage left, one of the gunmen stated, quote, This is what we've been waiting for all our lives, unquote. Harris turned and fired his carbine at the table directly north of where they had been, hitting the ear and the hand of 15-year-old Daniel Mauser. Mauser reacted by either shoving a chair at Harris or grabbing his leg. Harris fired again and hit Mauser in the center of the face at close range, killing him. Both shooters moved south and fired randomly under the tables, critically injuring two 17-year-olds, Jennifer Doyle and Austin Eubanks, and fatally wounding 17-year-old Corey DePooter. DePooter was later credited as having kept his friends calm during the ordeal. He was the last to die in the massacre at 11.35 a.m. There were no further victims. They had killed 10 people in the library and wounded 12. Of the 56 library hostages, 34 remained unharmed. Investigators would later find that the shooters had enough ammunition to have killed them all. Throughout the library massacre, the gunmen seemed to be enjoying themselves, shouting things like, quote, Yahoo, after shooting. At this point, several witnesses later said that they heard the shooters comment that they had no longer found the thrill in shooting their victims. Klebold was quoted as saying, quote, Maybe we should start knifing people. That might be more fun, unquote. They moved away from the table and went towards the library's main counter. Harris threw a Molotov cocktail towards the southwestern end of the library, but it failed to explode. Harris then went around to the east side of the counter and Klebold joined him from the west. They converged close to where Todd had moved after he had been wounded. Klebold pulled out a chair, pointed his Tech-9 at Todd, and commented, quote, Look what we have here, unquote. Harris seemed disoriented from his broken nose and asked, quote, What? Klebold responded, quote, Just some fat fuck, unquote. Todd was wearing a white hat, Klebold asked if he was a jock, and when Todd said no, Klebold responded, quote, well that's good, we don't like jocks, unquote. Klebold then demanded to see his face. Todd partially lifted his hat so his face would remain obscured. When Klebold asked Todd to give him one reason why they shouldn't kill him, Todd said, quote, I don't want trouble, unquote. Klebold responded back angrily, quote, trouble? You don't even know what fucking trouble is, unquote. He also remarked, quote, you used to call me a fag. Who's a fag now, unquote. Todd tried to correct himself, quote, that's not what I meant. I mean, I don't have a problem with you guys. 
I never will, and I never did, unquote. Klebold then spoke to Harris, quote, I'm going to let this fat fuck live. You can have him if you want to, unquote. Harris did not pay much attention and said, quote, let's go to the commons, unquote. Klebold turned and fired a single shot into an open library staff break room, hitting a small television before they left. Klebold slammed a chair down on top of the computer terminal, and several books on the library counter directly above the bureau where Patty Nielsen had hidden. The two walked out of the library at 11.36 a.m., ending the hostage situation there. Cautiously fearing the shooter's return, 29 uninjured and 10 injured survivors began to evacuate the library through the north door, which led to the sidewalk adjacent to the west entrance. Casey Ruge Seger was evacuated from the library by Craig Scott. Had she not been evacuated at this point, Rusegger would have likely bled to death from her injuries. Patrick Ireland, unconscious, and Lisa Cruitz, unable to move, remained in the building. Patty Nielsen crawled into the exterior break room, to which Klebold had earlier fired shots and hid in a cupboard. After leaving the library, the gunmen entered the science area where they threw a small Molotov cocktail into an empty storage closet. It caused a fire which was extinguished by the teachers who had hidden in an adjacent room. The gunmen then proceeded towards the south hallway where they shot into an empty science room. At 11.44 a.m., they were captured on school security cameras as they re-entered the cafeteria. The recording shows Harris kneeling on the landing and firing a single shot towards one of the propane bombs he left in the cafeteria, in an unsuccessful attempt to detonate it. As Klebold approached the propane bomb and examined it, Harris took a drink from one of the cups left behind. Klebold lit a Molotov cocktail and threw it at the propane bomb. They left the cafeteria at 11.46 a.m., several seconds after the Molotov cocktail exploded. About a minute later, the gallon of fuel attached to the bomb ignited, causing a fire that was extinguished by the fire sprinklers. After leaving the cafeteria, they returned to the main north and south hallways of the school, shooting aimlessly. They walked through the south hallway into the main office before returning to the north hallway. On several occasions, they looked through the windows of classroom doors, making eye contact with students hidden inside, but they never tried to enter any of the rooms. They taunted students hidden inside a bathroom making comments such as, quote, we know you're in there, unquote, and, quote, let's kill anyone we find in here, unquote, but never attempted to enter the bathroom. At 11.56 a.m., they returned to the cafeteria and briefly entered the school kitchen. They returned to the staircase and into the south hallway at noon p.m. They re-entered the library, perhaps to watch their car bombs detonate, which had been set to explode at noon, but failed. The library was empty of surviving students except for the unconscious Patrick Ireland and the injured Lisa Cruitz. Once inside, at 12.02 p.m., they shot through the west windows at the police, who returned fire. Nobody was injured in the exchange. By 12.08 p.m., both gunmen had killed themselves. In a subsequent interview, Kruitz recalled hearing a comment such as, quote, you in the library, unquote, around this time. Harris sat down with his back to a bookshelf and fired his shotgun through the roof of his mouth. Cleobold went down on his knee and shot himself in the left temple with his Tech-9. 
An article by the Rocky Mountain News stated that Patty Nielsen overheard them shout, quote, one, two, three, unquote, in unison just before a loud boom. Nielsen said that she had never spoken with either of the writers of this article, and evidence suggests otherwise. Just before shooting himself, Klebold lit a Molotov cocktail on a nearby table, underneath which Patrick Ireland was laying, which caused the tabletop to momentarily catch fire. Underneath the scorched film of material was a piece of Harris's brain matter, suggesting Harris had shot himself by this point. In 2002, the National Enquirer published two post-mortem photos of Harris and Klebold, showing both teenagers lying on their backs and the guns in seemingly curious locations. This led to speculation that Harris had shot Klebold before killing himself. The photographs were taken after SWAT had checked the bodies for bombs and booby traps, and the placement of the blood and baseball caps suggest Klebold first fell down on Harris's legs before expiring on his back. A total of 188 rounds of ammunition were fired by the perpetrators during the massacre. Harris fired nearly twice as much as Cleobold. He fired his carbine a total of 96 times and discharged his shotgun 25 times. Cleobold fired his Tech-9 handgun 55 times and 12 rounds from his double-barreled shotgun. Law enforcement officers fired 141 rounds during the exchange of gunfire with the shooters. As always, you can contact me at truecrimetruckerpodcast at gmail.com or join the Facebook group at True Crime Truckers Podcast. You can also visit my website at www.ageofradio.org backslash truecrimetrucker backslash. Also, if you would like to donate to the show and get yourself a True Crime Truckers Podcast sticker, go to www.patreon.com backslash true crime truckers podcast you can also find me on instagram at michael.prit81 i will return in two weeks so until then stay safe